0: well today's 200th episode is brought to you by rockauto.com amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com i have something special so to my special guest please take it away before we play the introduction
1: sroy tinker locked on devils with trey matthews you're locked on devils your daily
0: podcast on the new jersey devils part of the locked on podcast network your team every day New Jersey, New Jersey, New Jersey. The Brick City. People living outside of New Jersey. People abroad. I know it's been a while, but we're finally back. I would like to formally welcome everyone back to the Locked On Devils podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. But where are my manners? Let me introduce myself. My name is Trey Matthews, and I am officially the new host of For this series. Man, look how far I've come. What you guys just heard was a snippet from my very first episode here at the Locked On Podcast Network. And let me tell you guys something it's been one hell of a ride. So thank you guys. If you are a new listener, Welcome to Locked On Devils. I hope I can provide you all with the greatest uh, Devils news and analysis and stories, whatever the case might be. I'm very passionate about it. Any religious listener can tell you that. And speaking of religious listeners, if you've been listening to my show for a while, if you've been uh, sticking by me from episode one, let me just tell you guys something. You are a real one. I know I had a slow start and I know I had some stuff to work on. But overall, I think I'm liking the direction my show is going in. So 200 episodes later and I am still here. Who would have thunk? So thank you guys so much. I couldn't uh, do this without you because without your guys' listenership, there is no show. So I try to provide you guys with the greatest episode content that I possibly can create. So Thank you guys through thick and thin, thin and thinner. Let's make another 200 episodes great. So anyway, if you missed the last episode, I basically talked about the New Jersey Devils' this thrilling OT win over the Boston Bruins and how they went out with a bang at the Prudential Center. So I figured that I must also go out with a bang. Don't worry. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just speaking hypothetically just to keep the flow going. So uh, anyway, 200 episodes. I figured I have to do something special. So I I've been putting out a lot of uh, requests, emails, whatever the case might be, and I was able to land an interview with a National Women's Hockey League player, Soroya Tinker. So if that name sounds familiar, it really should be because Soroya Tinker is big on social media. If you see her Twitter, she is currently the defensive man for the Metropolitan Riveters. And she also represented Team Canada for the women's ball hockey team in 2017 and 2016, winning bronze and silver and gold. She was an MVP for her high school. She played eight sports. So Oh, she has a very interesting career to discuss. And also, you've probably seen her in main uh, media news because she was featured on uh, Sportsnet talking about her life in hockey in general. She has a very compelling story, so I can't wait to bring her in and just overall have this uh, open hockey discussion. You guys love it when I bring in guests, but you know, first and foremost, we do need to take care of some business. So the first live read this morning comes from rockauto.com. So chain stores have a different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part consumers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you can think of from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet, whether it's for your classic or daily driver. Get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low. And the same for professional mechanics and do it yourself first. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And the second live read will come from BetOnline. So BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Remember to gamble responsibly. Baseball season is in full swing, no pun intended. You can track all the action at Battle Online and get all the latest odds and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code Locked On. On your first deposit, bet online, your online sportsbook experts, and remember to gamble responsibly and to also check out our friends at Locked On Bets. For all your betting needs. So, anyway, I think we've taken care of business long enough. Let's bring in Soroya Tinker, defenseman for the Metropolitan Riveters, as she has an open discussion on Locked On Devils. So, everybody, let's take it away because we are interviewing another professional New Jersey athlete. All right, joining me now is Soroya Tinker. She is a Canadian hockey player who plays for the National Women's Hockey League for the Metropolitan Riveters, and she was selected. Fourth overall in the 2020 draft. And she played for Team Canada's ball hockey uh, team for their world championship. And she has an interesting resume. So, first and foremost, Soroya, how are you doing?
1: Good. How are you?
0: I'm, I'm doing really well. So, uh, we'll, we'll talk about your hockey journey in a second. But first, uh, you discussed yesterday that you were. Uh, up up for an award, and you actually won it. It was the uh, Denna Lang Award. So first and foremost, congratulations for that. But what's the credentials to win it?
1: Yeah, so um, the award represents uh, perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to the game. Um, And it's named after Denna Lang, who unfortunately had a hockey accident um, in her career. And is unfortunately um, paralyzed to a certain extent um, and no longer plays, but she played in the National Women's Hockey League for uh, the Boston Pride. And um, this award's just in in name after her and carrying on her legacy. So um, I guess I proved to be very dedicated to the sport and um, definitely was involved in my community a lot this past season. And and that's that's why I was chosen.
0: Well, congratulations. And I definitely see what you do on Twitter and just being an, uh, a spokesperson for, you know, equal rights for not only women, but people of color. And I take inspiration for that. So you are well-deserving of that award. And I'm um, sure uh, Dena Lang is proud of you for just carrying on the legacy of just being perseverance and just overall, just trying to be, I, I guess, a great spokesperson for the great sport of hockey. So, Anyway, I want to talk about, uh, just hockey in general for you. So growing up in Canada, what was, uh, the culture like for you in terms of hockey?
1: Yeah, it's definitely a strong hockey culture here in Canada, um, Obviously, hockey is our national sport. So uh, I I always say that everyone's kind of born with skates on. Everybody skates at one point or another, um, given the the Canadian history with hockey. Um, But I grew up in the greater Toronto area in Oshawa, Ontario. Um, And my dad grew up in Scarborough, Ontario, which is a huge hockey town, pretty historic in that sense, whether it's ball hockey, roller hockey, ice hockey. Um, And my dad experienced a lot of racism in the sport and wanted to put his four kids in it. So uh, myself and my three brothers have played hockey, um, and I'm currently still playing, and my 10-year-old brother still currently plays.
0: So uh, you went to high school at Monsignor Paul Dwyer Catholic uh, School, and you were actually MVP during your uh, tenure there. However, something I found interesting is that you were an eight-sport athlete. You played badminton, uh, basketball, uh, curling, lacrosse, soccer, track, frisbee, and obviously hockey. Like where did you find time to do all that
1: <laughs> yeah I mean um, outside of school uh, my parents we, we never really watched tv never really were on social media or the internet in that in that capacity so it was always either do your school work or go outside and play um, and with that I found that I was always interested in in multiple sports and um, definitely did well in, in in all of them so I continued to do that but Hockey was my main sport, but um, always made time for, for other things, including my education and, and learning other aspects of sport as well.
0: So like I mentioned, you were an MVP during your high school uh, tenure. What was it like just go- going on to the rank and just dominating everyone? Like, you know, what, what went into that?
1: <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, I've always been an incredibly competitive person. Uh, I definitely do not like to lose. Um, I, I don't know. I think I just always make an effort to be the best at whatever I'm choosing to do. In that regard, I think I, I just take it upon myself to really want to be the best in everything I do.
0: <laughs> so obviously, um, you know, you, you played eight sports. And the thing about that is, You certainly were no like airhead or anything because you went to Yale University, one of the most prestigious schools in the entire world. So uh, before we talk about your journey at Yale, like how did you find time to do your studies when you're doing all these sports and activities?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I definitely pushed myself through high school. I think Um, I never really hung out with people outside of my, my hockey and my sports, um, I was always very focused and, and very um, dedicated to what I was doing. So I think focusing on my education and, and knowing from an early age, probably ninth, 10th grade, that it was a possibility for me to attend an Ivy League school um, due to my, my hockey abilities and receiving um, scholarships and things like that. So recruiting started very early. I knew that I had a chance to attend an Ivy League school and put it, uh, made an effort to make sure I made it there. <laughs>
0: So you played for the Durham West Junior Lightning, uh, part of the PWHL, had a successful tenure there from 2014 to 2016. What was the recruiting process like to get to Yale University? Did they reach out to you? Were you just interested in them from an academic standpoint? Or did you know there was a chance that you could potentially play hockey for their program?
1: Yeah, I definitely knew that I could potentially play hockey for their program, um, along with a lot of other IVs that I was looking at as well. Um, and I was also looking at a lot of scholarship schools as well. So it was just really me deciding um, how dedicated I wanted to be to my education and um, what school was gonna fit my my needs and and my my style, I guess, in, in terms of what campus I liked um, and the overall vibe I got from the school. So uh, for me, recruiting started very early uh, around probably ninth, 10th grade. Um, and started talking to schools, them reaching out to me from from seeing me at uh, tournaments and, and things like that. Um, and from there, just moved forward, visited multiple Ivies, um, multiple scholarship schools and and really t- decided at the end that, that Yale felt like most like home for me.
0: So I just want to say that, you know, they're called the Yale Bulldogs and I go to Adrian College and our mascot is also the Bulldogs. So there's something we have in common We're we're both Bulldogs <laughs> at heart but I think your school is a little more well-known than my school too. (laughs) But but anyway, but anyway, you played all four years at Yale university. Uh, You had 32 points and 122 uh, games played and you were known for your physical and shutdown style of play. So what was uh, your college experience like in terms from a hockey standpoint and also off the rink standpoint, just going to Yale university?
1: Yeah, I I personally, I think that um, I did struggle a lot with the hockey, um, the hockey side of things, um, whether that was being included with my team or just not, feeling like I was playing to my full potential. Um, before I got to Yale, I was definitely a, a big rushing defenseman, um, definitely pay, played very offensive. But when it came to Yale, I realized that I needed to play more defense in terms of how our team was structured. So I, that's how I became the the big shutdown physical defenseman that I am now. Um, still with that offensive ability in my back pocket, but um, hockey was definitely a struggle for me, just fitting in with my team and um, getting to know my teammates and things like that, just because I, I did feel like I wasn't necessarily included. But I would say my my experience outside of the rink was incredible um, and nothing that I could ever compare it to just because uh, the people I met, the friends I made. Um, and I think that Yale was so fun for me, uh, more so outside of the arena with, with everyone on campus rather than inside the arena.
0: So obviously you talked a little bit about your your college tenure and your college experience. but one thing I wanted to ask you is, and, and I'm just uh, curious to know, so obviously, you know there's a lot of like uh, media about how uh, you know people of color attend Ivy League schools and sometimes, they're not viewed the same sometimes they can be doubted or sometimes they can feel like they're out of place or whatever the case might be so you know i don't know if you've seen any of like those shows i was more referring to the television show like dear white people and things like that so like have you ever had like any of those like encounters or do you think the show is like you know, i don't know if you've ever seen it before but hey, do you think it's like a good representation of like what actually happens in real life and did you ever like have those kind of experiences
1: Um, I've I've seen a few episodes of of Dear White People, but I remember when it came out and everybody on campus was was surprised at how much it did relate to Yale. But at the same time, I think um, some of it related to the negative side of it, where um, I find that Yale was an incredibly inclusive community and uh, somewhere where everyone felt accepted and loved on campus. Um, obviously everyone has different experiences, but I felt like I really connected and and enjoyed talking to our, our normies or our NARPs, as we call them, (laughs) um, that were, that were regular students that didn't play a sport, um, and uh, connecting with them and, and getting to know them on a different level, rather than just sticking within the athletic community. Um, there's definitely been times where, uh, people doubt that I attended Yale, or um, ask me if I if I actually played, and the the answer is is yes. I I got into Yale because I had good grades. I still had to work hard. It wasn't just because of my sport. Um, I still had to get those get those grades, get that uh, those test scores. And um, while we're on campus, we're, we're, we are playing our sport while we're studying and going to class. So um, that does present a whole other challenge that I think that a lot of people don't necessarily think of. Um, but every individual I would say at, at Yale in terms of the athletic community is, is just as, as dedicated to school as they are their sport. And that's, that's the reason we've made it to where we are today.
0: Right. And like you said, going back to Yale, just like their acceptance rate is like, I'd say below 5%. So it's like, they're not just going to let anyone in. And, you know, my dad also <laughs> went to an Ivy League school. My brother currently attends one right now. So I, even though I don't attend one myself, I certainly do understand the rigorous process of just trying to get into that school. Because like I said, it's one of the most prestigious schools in the entire world. And um, yes. <laughs> Uh, but from a hockey standpoint at Yale University, what would you say was your greatest achievement? Because like as a college hockey play by play announcer, I see like, you know, some of the girls or, or some of the guys they want to overall win like a national championship. In fact, our men's D1 program just recently won uh, a national championship. And, you know, overall, I guess just winning that NCAA uh, uh, championship is also a big goal. So what would you say your your greatest achievement was at Yale University?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, I came into the school knowing that we weren't a top top three, top five team, um, but I knew that there was a lot of room for improvement in the program. And unfortunately, I would say in my first three years at Yale, there there wasn't a lot of improvement, which led to myself and my teammates being incredibly frustrated and, and wondering why we couldn't make it in, in that playoff spot or or beat the team that we wanted to beat. But I would say come my, my senior year, Mark Golden came in and, and completely revamped and changed the program. Um, so although we didn't win any national championships or tournaments or anything like that, I think that my main goal and my main achievement at Yale was being able to implement change within our team's culture. Um, and have my coach listen to my suggestions and um, really, really h- start to hold our teammates accountable. And um, and I mean, change the program in that sense, because we all decided to to make a change and change the team culture. And Mark is is, um, is currently still doing that. And unfortunately, I only got to work with him for for a year. But I know that he's going to change that program for sure.
0: Don't worry, we're getting back to our interview with Soroya Tinker in just a moment. But first, I have to give you guys the third and final live read this morning, and it comes from Wealthfront. So everybody knows that investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you're investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in just minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on your Preferences that you control. Wealthfront is entrusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first 5000 dollars managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. To get your first 5000 dollars managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. That's W E A L T H F R O N T dot com slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL and get started today. Okay, let's get back to our open hockey discussion with Soroya Tinker of the Metropolitan Riveters. Take it away. So just changing the mindset of of what uh, people perceive as like an Ivy League school because obviously they think that you guys are just focused on, on the books and not so much athletics, but in reality, like, you know, there's some successful athletes that come out of Ivy league uh, schools and just all over the world. And, you know, so just changing the culture and just overall the impact that uh, I, uh, your sport had on, on the university uh, uh, was your greatest achievement. So obviously um, you're popping up on radars a little bit. Like, I don't know what the process was like for you. It's a little different, but like I said, at the beginning of the show, you were known for your shutdown style play and your physicality. So When did you realize that there was possibly a good chance that you could play at the next level?
1: Yeah, um, playing professionally and playing for um, for Team Canada has always been my goal. Um, I was able to to wear the national team jersey and win an international silver medal um, with with team Canada, in 2016. Um, so I think moving forward to Yale, I definitely knew that I had the potential to play professionally and I knew I could play at that speed, play at that level and, um, and obviously keep up and and be a force to be reckoned with within the league. um, and, and be a standout player. And, uh, to be honest throughout my career, I didn't really see myself moving forward in hockey after I figured after I got my degree, I would go into my respective field, Um, but when I reached my senior year, coach Mark Boulding definitely made an effort to get to know me and, and help me generate a new love for the game, uh, which ultimately led me to putting my name in the draft and, and continuing to play.
0: Right. And, uh, going to your international career, you, you, you said you played for team Canada, specifically ball hockey, and you went to the world championship in which you guys brought home a bronze, um, medal in 2017 in the Czech Republic. And then, uh, you played for the U18 uh, World Championship in which you were able to win silver in 2016. So uh, what uh, before we talk about uh, the, the draft in general, what was it like just representing your country, your team, all the above, just in, in an international style of play?
1: Yeah, so actually with, with Team Canada Ball Hockey, we actually won gold. Um, so, So with that, I think representing Canada in terms of hockey has always been um, a goal of any hockey players. I think wearing that maple leaf on the front of your chest and um, representing your country is uh, is a huge accomplishment and something that we take great pride in, especially in Canada. Um, so, I mean, there is obviously an added pressure and whatnot, but I think any, any highly competitive athlete thrives off of that and loves that. So for me, I, I definitely was blessed to have that opportunity to to wear that, wear both jerseys and um and be there and and face other countries and and see that. Uh but ultimately is definitely my my biggest accomplishment to to date, I would say.
0: <laughs> so obviously with a successful career prior to Yale and then obviously having a successful uh Uh, four years at Yale and changing the culture and its impact and then obviously representing your country and your team in that international style play and it led you to enter your name in the draft so um, we, we talked about like what urged you to put your name in the draft but was there like a training camp that you had to do was there any other like questionnaires or just just overall like what was that like before you heard your name selected?
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I, I was talking to uh, the different NWHL teams and finding out where I best fit um, and figuring out where I think that I would thrive the most. Uh, so entering your name in the draft, um, you let them know that you would like to be drafted and, and, and continue to play. But ultimately, those those teams watch us in our, our NCAA careers and, and know what we're about by the time we get to the draft. So um, with, with that, they they knew who they wanted. And I definitely wasn't expecting to be drafted fourth overall, um, just as the, the big defenseman that I am. But that's what the Riveters needed. And uh, that, that's what they got. <laughs>
0: So right, uh, you actually led me into my next question. So you were drafted fourth overall by the Metropolitan uh, Riveters uh, in the 2020 uh, NWHL draft. And obviously, you know, you, you sign your professional contract uh, a little later. So uh, overall, I know, like with the pandemic, it's been a little hectic and things like that. But uh, how is your experience just playing with the National Women's Hockey League been like for you so far?
1: It's been great. I, I think that um, my teammates specifically have made an effort to um, to get to know me and figure out what why I'm using my platform for what I'm using it for um, and finding ways to, to implement change within the game that's more accepting for for BIPOC communities. Um, and I think for for me, I think. Playing professionally comes with a with a whole different challenge, just because you do have a another platform and another um, piece to, to represent. Uh, but at the same time, I've I taken upon myself to to try and be that trailblazer and be that role model for the younger girls behind me.
0: Right, and you've also been an inspiration to, to me as well, just being a person of color and you know being in the sport of hockey. I understand the the difficulty it takes to just overall just just prove that you belong in this great sport and um overall you know my question to you is is like and this is sort of like a big one so obviously uh in in the uh I don't know if you know them or not uh we have a few Adrian College Bulldog players who are uh playing in the uh Professional Women's Hockey League alongside you we got Kelly O'Sullivan who was drafted by Buffalo in last year's draft and then uh Nicole Gagliardo who was drafted by Connecticut and uh, I'm sure like there's a lot of inspiration that that takes place when, um, you know, when, when girls want to enter their name in, in, in the Women's Hockey League. And um, j- j- just overall, you know, I do play by play for a, a women's uh, college team as well. So I understand, you know, uh, w- what goes on. W- what is it like just being an inspiration? Because I've, I've seen some of your tweets, including saying you want to be one of the first um, you want to be the first uh, W.A. Um, uh HL player to uh have a Nike deal and I'm all for that by the way huge like I'm a huge uh, Nike fan as well so I'm all for that I will sign that petition in a heartbeat so what's it like just being an inspiration to just uh you know other girls who who are involved in the sport of hockey or people of color because you know obviously I've seen your impact and your tweets and it's one of the reasons why I wanted to conduct this interview with you
1: yeah I think for me um being, being that role model and be, being that trailblazer um, for me means that I'm being that person that I didn't necessarily have when I was younger. Um, growing up, I didn't have a lot of friends in my sport. Um, there were obviously a few, but at the same time, I feel like I didn't connect with them to the extent that they connected with other teammates. So I realized that I think that if I had, had somebody to, to look to and be a role model um, for me when I was that age, I think I, I could have potentially had a different career. Um, but unfortunately we're, we weren't at that point where we saw a lot of black women in hockey. Um, so I, I think moving forward, just being that person that I really needed when I was younger and I, I love talking to the girls, I, I love connecting with them um, and really viewing my relationship with them as more of a, a friendship than anything else. I think that, um, yes, I obviously give them somebody to look up to, but at the same time, I want them to be able to come to me about those, um, those issues that they're having and be comfortable talking to me and finding ways that I can help them.
0: So uh, playing with the Riveters currently, you guys actually practice at the New Jersey Devils practice facility. So like overall, like what, what what's that like just having just a little bit of uh, association with the NHL and just overall, what, what are you guys doing to just like inform them? Like, you know, we're also a professional league and we want to have the same amount of like, you know, fans as you do. Just overall, the same amount of like. I guess networking because I see the WNBA do the same thing with the NBA, and what what is the uh, hockey league for you guys do, doing to just reach out to the NHL?
1: Yeah, I think um, currently we we do do a, a a couple things to partner with the NHL, but we're still looking for that that full on partnership. To be honest. Um, we're looking on that, that full-on commitment to, to combining our, our leagues um, and modeling our league after theirs and things like that. So we are still waiting for that full-on support. We're still waiting for, um, for those connections and those investments to be made in women's hockey. Um, obviously, it's great to be recognized, but I think that we have so much potential as a women's league. Um, and once, once we get the full commitment from our male counterparts to fully support and um, invest in us, that's when we'll really see change.
0: And I'm all for that. And um, I I guess just uh, going towards the uh, last couple of questions I have, what changes do you want to see made to hockey in general? Like, you know, I've interviewed Curtis Gabriel. I don't know if you know him or not, but he's a huge advocate for LGBTQ, Black Lives Matter, Bell Let's Talk. uh, Overall, just trying to, you know, get the whole trifecta of just reaching out to people and just saying like, Hey, like you know, I I hear you. I support you, and I'm here for you. Um, but overall, like, what what changes do you want to see be be made in general to hockey?
1: Um, I think just the overall diversity of hockey. I think that hockey has so much potential to include BIPOC communities, um, Black communities, whatever it may be. Um, and I think that we need to diversify the sport and it's, it shouldn't just be a white man's game anymore, um, that it so happens to be in terms of toxic hockey culture. And I think that we have so much potential to grow the game and even even see a whole nother level be played when, once we include other communities. Um, I think we're lacking that right now. And I think um, once we include our BIPOC communities and then we're, and then include our women, in this as well, I think that we will see a great amount of change and hockey culture can change as a whole, um, as it very much needs to.
0: <laughs> and uh, just day by day, just impact by impact. Like, you know, I don't know if you know him or not. My mentor ever FitzHugh, uh, is going to be the first black play by play announcer for an NHL team wants to see Al Kraken come around. So always looking forward to that. And overall, just like you, like you said, just, we, uh, we still have a long way to go, but day by day, we, we, we just need to make that small impact and just everyone's voice matters, in my opinion, just like, you know, even if it's just like a, a small little thing, just like if, if you could reach out to one person and you say you inspired them, it, it really it really can pay it forward, like to start that chain reaction. So, um, I, obviously you play for a team that's based in New Jersey and I guess this is my final question. Do you keep tabs with any NHL teams or do you have a favorite player, favorite team, or have you been watching the season so far? Like, you know, just, just overall, you know, do, do, do you, uh, keep tabs with the NHL?
1: Yeah, to be honest, my, my team has always been Pittsburgh. Um, I've always supported the Calgary Flames and Pittsburgh. So, um, I was a huge Aginla fan growing up. Definitely have a couple jerseys, a couple uh, sticks, and stuff like that. Um, and then moving forward, uh, I like Pittsburgh. I like Malkin. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's that's where we're at. <laughs> Are you a Philly fan?
0: No, I mean I mean I like the I like the, de- like the Devils. So and obviously okay. you guys. You guys are going to the playoffs and, you know, because you you guys have you guys just like came out of nowhere and was just able to just like, you know, top the Capitals and the Islanders. And you're just like saying, hey, we're not just the middle of the pack playoff team anymore. We're, we're actually aiming for that top seed because, you know, oh, yeah. the Islanders have been struggling and, you know, <laughs> just just like but, you know, at the end of the day, you know. I, I guess it's not the biggest rivalry, but at the same time, you know, uh, still, still divisional rivals at, at this point, but yeah. So, um, I, I want to thank, uh, Soroya Tinker for, uh, coming onto the show, keep tabs on her for the Metropolitan Riveters and also just overall his, her impact on Twitter and all of her other ventures. Her Twitter will be in the description, uh, of this episode. So, Soroya, thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to come and talk to my audience and um, overall just share your voice and impact.
1: Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me on. It's always a great opportunity to, to share my message with multiple people.
0: So there you have it, guys. I have officially interviewed a NWHL player. So thank you, Soroya, for coming on to the show once again. I really appreciate it. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. That's about all the time I have for you guys today some craziness going on in the NHL right now like what's going on with the Capitals and the Rangers right now we have a lot to discuss in a future episode and maybe a crossover in store hey I'm open to anything but that's a discussion for another time but as for this specific episode 200 freaking episodes guys I can't thank you enough through thick and thin and thin and thinner I am forever grateful for my listenership my dedicated fans whether you're from Germany England Uh, In the States, Canada, wherever the case might be, wherever you get your podcast from, I appreciate you guys for listening uh, religiously to this show through thick and thin and thin and thinner, whether I was correct, incorrect, uh, all the ups and downs. Whether you agreed with me or disagreed with me, it's true love at the end of the day. So without your guys' listenership, there is no show. So I appreciate you guys. Let's make another great 200 episodes starting tomorrow. So I will catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Go Devils. And let's finish this season off with a bang. Again, guys, 200 episodes. Thank you so much. And thank you for Soroya Tinker for making my 200th episode that much more incredible.